The purpose of this conference is to be more human, said the sign. So I walk inside. A thousand people mingling about, all dressed indistinguishable from one another. Name tags, business cards, little banners on each name tag that signify someone's importance or not. At the registration desk, a warm smiling face greets me and says, are you excited to be more human? Sure, sure. I don't know how you can be more or less human. I don't know how you can dial it up or dial it down. I don't quite understand the purpose of a conference dedicated to promoting humanity with an audience full of humans. But maybe I don't get it. Maybe I'm too cynical. Maybe I'm not the right audience. All I know is that I'm at an event celebrating the humanity of a business that's slowly being taken over by robots. I walk into the event and I'm faced with a wall of technology. CRM systems designed to bring out the humanity and emotion in every one of its thousands of participants. A group promising ways to use AI to get you closer to your real participant. Companies promising ways to actively use technology and people's phones to get as close as possible to their real daily human interaction. Eye tracking, biometrics, isn't some of the humanity lost in using a waterfall of technology to understand what makes us human? This is Parallax. to talk to me. It seems that whenever I go to a company's website, in the bottom right corner of the screen, a box will pop up, usually a couple seconds after I've hit the initial page. And at the same time, on the top of the bar, it's there's a number one or two flashing with the words, new messages. And in this chat box, there's an image of a person who looks professional and young and smart with an introduction line like, hey, how's it going? Or how are you today? And it makes me feel welcomed 
and it makes me feel like I'm part of a a nice environment to shop in. It mimics lots of what we used to see when we went to the mall. You'd walk into a store and someone would come and approach you after a couple minutes and ask you how you're doing, have some chat, some banter, make you feel good about yourself. Hey, that looks great on you. Hey, let me help you. Let me try this out for you. Let me help you shop. And we know this helps sales. And we know it's a very effective technique. We know that involving people in a transaction along the way facilitates larger shopping carts, more trial, more experimentation, and customers walk away with a sense of accomplishment and a sense of feeling valued by the company. But these online chats, we assume, are happening with real people. But let's be honest, the chatbot business is booming. And chatbots are really, really good. They're good at responding to the right cues in the right language at the right time. They're good at making you feel that same hit of energy that you felt when you went into a store and would talk to the people working there. It's a weird interaction. You're talking to a computer program. You're having a conversation with something that doesn't exist. And some of the intonation in that conversation and some of the, the gratitude given by the machine back to you can make you forget that you're talking to just a line of code, a collection of canned responses intended to both make you feel good, to facilitate your journey, and to sell more stuff. I've seen some of the way that they sell chatbots to companies. There's a great ad that says, Millennials love to chat. It's the first line in their business pitch. It's accompanied by a picture of a diverse group of youth surrounding their phones, smiling. It says, why chat? It's convenient. It's anywhere, anytime. It's instant resolution. It speaks that language that we're so used to responding to things in. The language of green and blue text boxes. The three dots on the screen pulsating, giving us the impression that someone's thinking through what they're going to say before they say it. In order to make a good chatbot, you got to really think out that interaction. You got to make it seem not so fast, like it's doing something, like it's responsive, like it's something that is human. 
How many machines do we speak with every day? I'm so used to speaking to the virtual assistant in my phone or the automated prompts when I call into a delivery company or a bank. I'm so used to being called by my name. I'm so used to machines saying thank you and wait a minute, I'll get that for you. I'm so used to the temporary pauses that I believe should exist but don't need to. There's probably lots of science to this. There are certain emotions that a machine can convey that make you believe they're human. I think gratitude is, is the clear example here. But then there are some that might be weird. I can't imagine how a machine can express sympathy or empathy or sorrow. I can't imagine what it would be like to have a chatbot laugh at your jokes. Or to have a machine put its hand on your shoulder when it knows you're feeling bad. I like when machines have names. I like when they're named things. It's more than just Alexa or Siri. But I like when chatbots have a name. And it's intended to be a name that is as palatable and accessible as possible. An anglicized three-syllable name. Melissa. I like when they show images of who they are. I don't understand why they're always smiling in their pictures. You would think it would be more human to have someone take a profile picture that has them a bit off center or smirking or making a duck face or holding their fingers up. But all too often the chatbots that I encounter have stayed pictures that look like they're just there, just present, but that lack real emotion. I'm sure there are systems out there that try to accentuate the humanity of the character. I'm sure they're out there, and I'm sure I've been fooled by them, and I'm sure you've been fooled by them. I think sometimes that the characters that we identify as bots, the ones that are easily spotted in the public, are probably just very amateur 
executions of this. I wonder how you learn these things. Is there a school program out there somewhere that teaches people how to mimic humans? There certainly must be. And then there are the businesses that hire virtual employees. I love the term virtual employee. You would think if someone's working for an organization, they automatically are an employee. But these people are virtual employees. They're not even real people. They're virtual people. They're virtual people who are hired by real people to play people who they are not. It's a really cool business. And often you can interact with people who are playing the role temporarily for one organization who on the next call may be playing the role for someone else at a different organization. It's like a strange mix of acting and scripting and just programming that allows people to be plugged in where needed and removed where not needed. From, from corporate point of view, it eliminates overhead. It allows you to have only what you need when you need it. It allows you to operate 24 seven because you can put outsourcing places anywhere. You can be based in Singapore and have employees in Africa or in New York. There really are no rules. But the attribution that you give each of these virtual employees during every interaction you have with them can change the way you act with these people. If you think you're talking to someone who works for the cable company, you may be angry at them. You may be yelling at them. You may be voicing an emotional response that is completely inappropriate to the person you're speaking with. The person answering the phone can be playing 20 different roles in a day. It can be a nice little old lady in the heart of Kansas who you're screaming at because you think they work in some corporate tower who is somehow withholding your cable subscription because you haven't paid your bill on time. Near where I live, there's a place that specializes in call center employees and outsourcing. And I see people who work at this place. I see them behind the the office, having smoke breaks, and they're all conversing with each other. And I wonder, what roles were they playing today? What theater of the absurd are they taking part in?
did they luck out and get a gig for the day that allows them to be loved and adored? Or are they forced to listen to people scream and express anger? I wonder about the managers at this place. They're kind of like casting directors. They have to figure out who plays which role on which day and how they do it. Is it based on the, on the intonation of their voice? Is it based on the, their personal ability to take abuse? I don't know. I've always wanted to stop and talk to these people. To find out what it's like. To find out what they hear. To find out the stories that they see on a daily basis. I've even thought about going and getting a job at one of these places. But the irony is that I'm afraid that the virtual employees will find out that I'm not really as virtual as I claim to be. There's more than one way to look at the story. Thank you.